0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening everybody, it's me Dov back once again, you must be getting sick of my voice by this point, but the Serie A season is almost upon us and we've got to have a look at another team, this time we're going to have a look at the Viola, La La Viola, Fiorentina, with our very own Vieri Capretta, who was born near uh, Florence, weren't you Vieri?
3: Well, I would say in Florence, and right. yes, though, uh, does, we does are sick of as, your voice.
0: Does it count as Florence, though? Does it really? It's in the, it's in the, the region, but, but it's not Florence, it's like... It's in the province. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. you're a provincial lad. Of course. <laughs> there we go, right, Vierica Preta is here to talk about Fiorentina, because it's been, well, a bit of a a crazy tough emotional year for everybody associated with the club, the fans, the players, the kind of director, everybody, basically. Um and I kinda of, that all started with the death obviously of the story, uh, last year now. Um and we kinda of want to see what they've done so far this season in the first half. Now the first thing I want to ask you Vieri is just um how 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 is kind of a story's death and kind of it being a little while since it happened and kind of things have settled. It, but how is that is that affecting the club still, or is it kind of something that's, that's in the minds, but the club's kind of moved moved on from it a little bit now.
3: Well, I think uh, uh, it definitely has moved on in the sense that that kind of impact it immediately had on the team and on uh, on the club with those well on the pitch with those six wins in a row. Uh, back in last season's Serie A, and then with the club itself, uh, with all the stuff they've done for the family, for his remembrance, of course, you know, life goes on and that had to happen. Let's not forget, though, that every single weekend uh, the fans still uh, cheer him, Uh, every 13th minute we have those same chants, and uh, of course, before every home Fiorentina game, the speaker at the stadium reads out his name. So... There's that sort of remembrance carrying on. Hopefully, it'll go on forever. Uh, but obviously, life goes on, and the club has moved on, uh, looking ahead. And uh, the players, obviously, firstly reacted positively on the pitch with some wins and showing uh, renewed spirit last season. But they haven't started this season with the same kind of uh, spirit, really, and uh, uh, of will to make a difference for their captain. They keep on remembering a story, but the results have been a bit up and down.
0: Well I would say maybe maybe a bit more more down than up to be honest. Um, the, I think they've only won two games since the beginning of October, and those two games came uh, just before uh, Christmas as well. so it's been a bit of a tough period, I think what was it? It's a four, one, one draws in a row at one point as well um or was it, yeah, it was four, I think one.
3: I think five. But uh, yeah, no, 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 I agree. No, definitely.
0: Four 1 1 draws and one 0 now. So don't, don't oh, sorry, try and one correct nil. me. Five draws. Yeah, five, five draws, draws in a row, four 1 1s. Um, so, so, so we can have said before that you would say they've underperformed.
3: Well, I, I mean, that is the real question. Uh, in terms of what the general public seems to think Fiorentina are, well, they're probably underperforming because they're 10th in the table. Uh, out of uh, any possible Europa League spot. Yes, yet I keep on reading and hearing that they play attacking football, that Chiesa is the next big thing, that they've got a lot of creative midfielders in the likes of Gerson, uh, and, um, you know, Biragi is a great attacking fullback. And then you look at the results and Fiorentino are 10th. So either they're (laughs) underperforming or simply the players aren't as good as, you know, uh, the media... I wouldn't say the Florentine media, but I would say the the you're national and international. The ones national. Look.
0: So you're saying it's our fault, Vieira? Is that what you're saying? Do we do we pretend that Fiorentina are much better than what they actually are? It's nobody's
3: fault. It's just uh, I think the general consensus is um, overrating the team. So I think they are slightly underperforming in terms of results, at least right now, because mm. yes, 26 points and being 10th is less than the value but I think seventh would be the real achievement you know the final Europa League spot put simply because I think there's six slash seven better clubs without a doubt
0: in, well, in Serie Right okay so, so let, let, let's kind of go back then because obviously in the summer uh, and at the start of the season everybody was kind of like you say excited and, and hopeful for the, this Fiorentina team because I think uh, in Europe's top five leagues it had the youngest squad out of all the teams the, that's confirmed, yes. Yeah, and the top five, yes. yeah, the top five to, yeah, that is confirmed, right? So people are like, wow, this is great, we've got we've to have a young team, they're gonna be fantastic. And do you think that's maybe holding them back a little bit? Because well,
2: I, I, I mean, would say with
0: most teams you need a bit of a blend. You need young youngsters who are enthusiastic, but also you need a bit of experience as well. And Fiorentina don't have that.
3: Well, young doesn't necessarily mean immediate results. Surely some of the Fiorentina players right now could turn up to uh, win big things later on in their career, but at the moment, that's not what you've got. So I'm not surprised by by the results. It's obviously exciting to have a young team, and it's uh, harder to criticize a young team because you expect them to make more mistakes. Uh, obviously, you have less winning mentality, less experience in certain moments. But having said that, you know we can't expect them to be exciting just because they're young. We should have seen more on the pitch, and. I think one, thing, one player that has been missing a lot that was a lot of the excitement in the summer is Marco Piazza, who arrived from Juventus on loan. Seemed like a great prospect back uh, at Juve, then obviously was uh, injured and spent six months sidelined. And when he came back, you know, Fiorentina on loan, his chance uh, you know, to, to show his talent finally got that number 10 on the back and he's not done anything. <laughs> 677
0: simply, minutes he's played. And not very seven.
3: well either. Um, <laughs> <are you> <laughs> so I think, I think that was one of the main things was Fiorentina uh, obviously lost Badel in the middle. But everyone thought the defence is quite good. And I think they are the only ones who really have performed to their standard consistently. And then you had an attacking trio of Chiesa, Simeone, Piazza. Young, vibrant, exciting. Uh, that didn't really turn out as good as people expected.
0: Hmm. And now you've got Luis Muriel who will talk about... And a bit who's <laughs> obviously going to make the difference um, right so Kenny you, you've looked at that in general then what about some individual performances you picked up a Piazza there what about positive ones because in January in particular and, and a bit in the summer as well Nikola Milenkovic he's been followed by a lot of big teams you've obviously got um, Giovanni Simeone who he gets headlines because of his surname as does his kind of Partner in the front line, Federico Chiesa. I mean, how would you rate those three in particular? And is there anybody I've missed who deserves a mention individually?
3: Well, let's start with the ones you have mentioned. I think Milenkovic has showed that he's a a very solid defender. He's got goals in him, he scored as well. Uh, And what is impressive from him is that he's very young and yet plays like a veteran. And it doesn't really matter where he's played either, he's very versatile. And that's, I think, what has uh, stood out. Because obviously, he was bought as a centre back. Pioli plays him as a right back mainly. And um, he's demonstrated, obviously, that he's not the best attacking right back, but he's a very, very solid player and can cover up for Chiesa, who plays on the same side and obviously is a very attacking uh, winger, even though Chiesa is someone who does have um, a lot of defensive work in his skills as well. So, going on to him, I think, obviously, he gets the headlines for his surname. And uh, he already was one of the key men for Fiorentina last season. What everyone expected uh, this year was a bit more goals. And we've seen what he's capable of at, with that uh, strike at the San Siro. Uh, I think he stands out particularly positively for Fiorentina. Because if you look at him, to watch a lot of games of Fiorentina, you'll look that most of the players aren't very uh, quick and pacey and don't really dribble uh, at all. Yet he's the only one who does so regularly. So that's why... He always stands out. And I think he's always performed uh, very well. The paradox being his worst game was probably the one against AC Milan at the San Siro. Yet yeah, he scored that amazing goal, and which was also the winning goal as well. So I think Chiesa has been doing his job. He just needs to score a bit more. The one who hasn't been doing his job at all and definitely needs to score a bit more is uh, Giovanni Simeone, who...
0: Well, hold on, a minute of is. He, He's Fiorentina's top scorer in Serie a on four goals. What are you talking about? I think Marco No, 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 Benassi is. six. Sorry. So he's, <laughs> he's a top-scoring striker then, I'll say to myself. he has got six, he's got four. He's doing his job, you he not? For he's missed a
3: lot of these chances. <laughs> <laughs> and not just that, he's just a bit... Uh, it's like it's something's always lacking in the final third of his game. You know, he does work quite hard for the team uh, defensively. But he often miscontrols, um, slows down play going forward. You know, we know he's got that grinta. In a, you know, Gattuso would love his uh, uh, defensive work. But then you expect a bit more from a striker. And you're talking about a player who scored 12 goals, 13 perhaps two seasons ago, 14 last year. And uh, he just had to step up and become the number nine uh, that everyone expects him to be from from uh, what we've seen Uh, recently he's not that young anymore and he hasn't done that so far so i think his goals have been missing particularly and uh, the other player i mentioned earlier is marco piazza who definitely needed to do better in the first half of the season
2: hey i'm ryan reynolds at Mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot
3: Uh, I said the defense is probably what's been best, and I think uh, Captain Pizzella deserves a mention as well. He's been consistently Fiorentina's best defender with Milankovic, uh, but he's definitely shown, you know, moral values, leadership, as well as often making the right decision at the back, both tactically and when uh, when it, when, it um, when he needed a tackle uh, last time intervention. You know, Pizzella is someone Fiorentina can rely on. And uh, mentioning the midfielders, I think, would be quite useless. It's been the worst midfield, one of the worst midfields of the league, I'd say, Fiorentina. It was on paper, it confirmed that way. Vertu is the only one who does the job and uh, he's basically playing on his own. Losing Badel in the summer and not replacing him, I think, has weighed a lot on uh, Fiorentina's chances to, to get a final Europa League spot.
0: Well, there you go, right. So, what's the aim then for the season? You said that the they're maybe probably not going to get a Europe League spot there, or you alluded to it. Is that the aim, to get back into Europe? Is the aim to produce young players that they can sell on? I mean, what, what is the point in Fiorentina, Vieri?
3: <laughs> we could go on forever talking about this. <laughs> if I think that there is a team that used to have Batistuta and Ricosta, well, what is the aim of Fiorentina now? <laughs> uh, well, what is the aim? I think they've definitely declared... The ownership and purely that they want to go back to Europe. So I think the realistic aim is to try and come seventh. Um, but then the reality of it is obviously they want to try and get the most out of these young players to sell them and make some profit out of it, and also expecting them perhaps in one or two seasons' time to be a contender that, with a couple of additions, could tr- perhaps fight for a top four finish uh, even. Um, but I think realistically. It'd be good for Fiorentina if they come seventh. And that's the aim. It's been uh, announced. And at the same time, perhaps sell the likes of uh, Milenkovic. That could be one. And uh, make a lot of money out of it. And then rebuild the team again. The aim last season was uh, definitely to just rebuild from after selling all those players uh, two years ago. Now the aim is is Europe. But at the same time, to try and get some value for money uh, when it comes to selling some of the youngsters. I think Kiesa they'll try and hold on to him at the end of the season, but Milankovic is a is a decent candidate to leave for a big sum. Mm,
0: indeed, I think uh, yeah, you're you're going to have to let somebody go, and that kind of looks like it's what kind of happens with attacking teams these days. Um, right? So looking at the the hierarchy, then the coach, how do you think Pioli's doing <laughs> in general? Well, gone.
3: <laughs> I think uh, he's uh, done an amazing job, considering what happened with uh, Davide's story last year. It would have been very hard for anyone. I mean, impossible to say how, how any single individual would have reacted in that position, but he seems to have kind of shielded the team and uh, shown that leadership that a coach has to show in, in, in such a, a tragedy. What he has done very well this season, I'll praise him first, is uh, defensively, Fiorentina aren't a team that concede a lot. They They work hard, the four at the back, obviously, it's, it's almost like a three-man defense plus Biragi, because Milenkovic, as we said, is a, a very defensive right back. They've worked very well as a group, and I think uh, Lafont has had decent cover, even though he's made a couple of mistakes, but also some, some great games. He's the, obviously the youngest player, the goalkeeper, Fiorentina have. Um, and then the work from the midfielders, Vertu, Edemilson, Fernandes, Gerson, they're very careful not to give a lot of space uh, to the opponents, so I think that's worked out quite nicely. I think Pioli's aim generally was to have a very solid defense and then get Piazza, uh, Chiesa and Simeone to be quick on the counter. That didn't really work out as well. The main criticism I would uh, give to Pioli, uh, the premise is I don't think the team is very good so it doesn't really depend on him that the results aren't great. (laughs) Having said this, I think he sometimes could have been a bit more brave to try and win certain games. As you mentioned, Fiorentina drew five games in a row and the feeling was in certain occasions Pioli could have tried to be a bit more attacking. He's never played two number nines at the same time. It's true, Fiorentina only have Simeone uh, as a real starter and then Vlahovic as a youngster who's the backup. But, you know, he's, they've never played together.
0: Well, that's the thing. Certain- I, I'm sorry, Viera, if, if you look at the draws that they, they did have, a sp- particularly that five-game run, it was Cagliari, Torino... Roma, Frosinone and Bologna and then after they got beat of Juve they drew with Sassuolo as well so you're thinking like at least half of those teams you should be expecting to beat given that at least three of them are in a relegation battle Well, and, absolutely. It, and then you're, that takes you up to near what fourth place almost
3: you can, and, you, and on top of that you said that but there's also how the games fared I think against Roma for example Fiorentina just started to sit back more and more uh, and they should have probably tried to push a bit forward um, in the second half. Because they only conceded late on and they could have got mm. the victory against Roma. Whereas against Torino, for example, Fiorentina should have lost. <laughs> Just like blatantly. We we're lucky to get a point. So uh, you could say the same about the game against Cagliari. It could have gone both ways. It was a very balanced game. Whereas I think against Frosinone, uh, with another striker, Fiorentina could have won that match. So... The, th- the truth is, if Fiorentina if had lost against Torino, perhaps, and against Cagliari, and won against Roma and Frosinone, you'd still have more points than now. Mm. So, that's what I mean. Like you, try, you need to try and be more attacking because, of course, a draw is better than a defeat. I mean, goes without saying. But sometimes it's better to lose a game, having risked a bit more, and then win another game uh, for the same reason. And I think Pioli's been a bit too conservative sometimes.
0: And right, so all right, a couple of things then. Um, One thing I was kind of wondering about, Fiore, you you obviously be able to to help us out is, can after the Astori death, um, the 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 relations between the fans and the directors of the the, the De La kind of thawed a little bit, and they became almost united to kind of see Fiorentino go forward. How have relations? been between the fans of the club because before that they were very fractured and basically the fans just did not they wanted these guys out and and they wanted to sell as well I mean what's what's going to happen since then
3: the truth is it was uh, an armistice basically because of Astori's death and now we're we're not back to the same level as uh, uh, before the 4th of March but similar I'd say and simply because You know, the players, the fans want uh, an ambitious team and they want the the owners to be honest. I think that's always been the main thing. The De La Valle have always um, said they wanted to fight for Europe regularly. They they got to the Champions League sometimes. There's old interviews saying, oh, we'll win the league within 10 years and things like that. Yet they've not invested the, the amount of money or maybe they have done in the wrong way to make that happen or at least try. I think a lot of Fiorentina fans uh, wouldn't mind being in the position of Napoli, where they haven't won a lot more than Fiorentina, just a couple of Coppa Italia's and Supercoppa in the past decade. But they've managed to be regularly in the Champions League, like the De La Valle were promising uh, a decade ago. And the uh, the death of a story obviously, was such a big thing that they, they couldn't go on, the fans couldn't go on with the usual chance against the owners, against the De La Valle but now we're starting to hear them again and there was basically no um, real big name was signed in the summer. Yes, Piazza, that's pretty much it. Muriel now, uh, there's already talk of, uh, you know, Keza might be leaving, Milenkovic might be. So it's the same old mediocrity and I think the fans are, are bored of just having Fiorentina mid-table. So the relations between fans and owners have uh, smoothened a little bit because of story's death, but are worsening uh, again and again and again. And without a doubt, until there's a clear sign of our intention is to uh, buy good players to try and get regularly in Europe, um, until that happens, the fans won't be happy unless the owners literally speak out and say, this is what we want to do, arrive, uh, you know, come 10th every season, and we're happy with that. (laughs) and we just want to make money, that, that would probably sound, you know,
0: it sounds <laughs> not pretty very depressing, nice. to be honest.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it would sound depressing, but at least they'd be honest about their intentions, whereas at the moment it seems like, you know, we want to fight for uh, a top five finish, sixth, uh, sixth finish, and then come ninth, and who cares, because really the team is, is that. It's not better than that.
0: There you go, right. So what do they need then? The, 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 the window is open. Muriel's come in. What do they need? Is Muriel going to make the difference? Is he going to pull up trees? Is he going to take Fiorentina back into Europe?
3: I don't think he'll be enough.
0: <laughs> but that's, but that's no because there,
3: no, right? I, think, I think the main problem with Fiorentina is there's a big hole in the middle of the pitch. Vertu is the only real midfielder. Consistent. so A real presence there. So I think Fiorentina need at least another Vertu. Or Badel would be just fine. Why don't don't Fiorentina try and get Badel back? He's getting no playing time at Lazio. Mm,
0: That's exactly what I was just about to say to you, because after a conversation we had with uh, Alistair in our Lazio mid-season preview, he kind of said that Badel's been a bit of a disappointment at Lazio, so bring him back.
3: Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. That kind of player, I think, would lift the team uh, to a slightly better level. He's obviously not... Uh, Modric, but you know he's a decent midfielder. <laughs> and go for Fiorentina.
0: Modric, why? didn't Just go for it. Well, uh, yeah,
3: exactly. No, but uh, but yeah, I've always thought Fiorentina was lacking something in midfield in the summer, and having seen Gerson and Eddie milson and Benassi playing as we ex- well as I expected, so not very well. Um, you know, Benassi scores goals, but he's just not a presence in the middle in the same way Vertu is who's a, midfiel- a box-to-box midfielder who uh, is present defensively and defensively. That's what Fiorentina need. Another virtue, and then uh, you can give, really, Chiesa, Simeone, Muriel, Piazza, Miraias the chance to express themselves going forward without having to worry uh, about what happens behind them, really.
0: There you go, right. So, prediction time, Vieri. Fiorentina currently sitting 10th, like you said. They are three points off 7th place, which will probably get them into Europe, given that Juventus will likely win the Coppa Italia and Serie A. So that means the place goes to to the Serie A table. Can they do it? Where do you think they'll finish?
3: Well, I'm looking at the teams ahead of them. I think Atalanta and Torino will come uh, before Fiorentina. The only team who are currently 7th are some Doria who could do worse overall. So I think Fiorentina will come ninth, eighth, <laughs> not more than that. I don't think they'll manage to to get the the last Europa League
0: spot. There you go, everybody. Uh, a very, very, a very optimistic, very Capretta there uh, with us. Like um, remem- usual. Yeah, exactly. If, if anybody knows you, you're, you're such an optimistic guy. Very, very positive. Um, Right, that's us done Um, Follow Vieri on the Twitter If you don't already It's at Vieri Capretta A a nice, obvious, easy one The the links and everything Are in descriptions, articles and all that Um, And you'll be able to catch Vieri Capretta At Stadia All across Italy Because he does hashtag FF at the games So there you go, Vieri Um, Until Well, until I come back to Milan there's nothing left for me to say, on, uh, apart from Arif
2: i mm-hmm. way it is